There's kind of a pall over this season of Christmas, this specific year, because of this virus, Lord. But I hope, I hope that you would help us to break through that and to celebrate your coming. And as we wait eagerly for your coming, Lord, the time when you came and humbled yourself to suffer as we suffer, Lord. You went through everything that we go through, Lord, and you took that on yourself and you put it and you died on the cross for that, Lord. Thank you so much that we get to come here and we get to remember that. And we get to lay our worries and our cares at your feet. We don't leave them at the door, Lord. We bring them to you and you take them away from us, Lord. You put them on your back. You take our burdens, Lord. Thank you that you came and that you are our Lord and that we get to praise you today, Lord, in your name.
our sins. Almighty God, your hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what I have done and by what I have left undone, I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Resting. 
We just thank you right now that we don't have to conjure anything up to make you come and dwell here. God, you're dwelling here. And you're moving here. And we thank you for sending your son so that we could come boldly into your presence, God. So right now, we just receive what you're doing. We receive your grace. We receive your freedom. And anything we're holding on to right now, Father, we just lay that at your feet. We thank you for moving here, God.
Yeah. 
Let us pray the collette together. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Music team and anyone who is in the choir that's not up here today, come on up. I don't know who that would include. Katie's not here. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Who's going to do the lighting? Yeah, man. Okay. All right. All right. If you'll follow along. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance and we shall be saved. Lord God of hosts. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Show us your mercy, O Lord. Your salvation. Thank you guys for doing a great job. This morning's first reading is from Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1, commencing. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. The word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 126, and we'll read it responsively by the half verse. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, Then our mouth was filled with laughter. 
Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for us. Bring back out captivity, O Lord. Those who sow in tears, he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. This morning's second reading comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. The word of the Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. John, chapter 1, beginning at verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you, that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, 
whose sandal strap I am not worthy to lose. These things were done in Bethbara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Good morning, everybody. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in the mighty and strong name of our Lord Jesus Christ. On this third Sunday of Advent, Lord, we ask you to steer us up. Steer us up with your power. Steer us up with all that you have for us. We leave this place and go into our world in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, please be seated. We're going old school this morning. I don't have any slides for you. Uh, No scriptures to put up. So if you get your Bibles out and turn to Mark chapter 10, and if you have a Bible app that you're using, uh, open it up to the NIV version. I'll be reading from that this morning. This is the uh, third Sunday of Advent, the joy candle. You ready for some joy? <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. It's been uh, quite a year this week. <laughs> This time of year, there is a a question that's asked more than any other question. And the question is simply this. What do you want for Christmas? (laughs) You know, we we all ask that of others and people ask that of us. It's one of those questions that just kind of rolls out there over and over. And as I thought about that, I thought about the people in the, uh, the Christmas story itself. Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, the wise guys, everyone that's involved in the story. Simeon, Herod, uh, Elizabeth, Zacharias. The only supernatural being, person, in the whole story is Jesus himself. Everyone else are just regular people like you and me. There's nothing nothing supernatural about them. What they believed, what they were willing to do, what they... uh, how they proceeded with it, how they stood for it. It was all just as a person like you. They were no different than you. Isn't that exciting? Because that means that we can do what they did. And so as we we look at that story and think of that whole story, especially Mary, (laughs) she says, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And the angel says, well, nothing's impossible with God. And perhaps the the person with 
the, the faith that's not really recognized like it should be is Joseph. I mean, Joseph says, wait a minute, you want me to believe what? I'm going to do what? I got to tell my friends what? I mean, Joseph is a man, this guy, a man of faith. Let me just tell you. He's going along with a mouthful. And so as we think about all these people that were believing for an impossible situation, for it had been 400 years since the prophetic announcement of the Messiah. For 400 years, they had believed, people had believed this. And now, this group, we're getting ready to see the day of the Lord. The impossible was about to take place in, in their lives. And so this morning, what I want to talk to you about is this. When you think of that question, what do you want for Christmas? Think about this. Think about asking for the impossible. Asking for the impossible. That's really what I want to talk to you about this morning. Because there is another story in the Bible that we don't really relate so much to the Christmas story, but yet it's very much just like the Christmas story. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. It's about a guy named Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus was blind. Now, the reason I've been reading about Bartimaeus is because I tell you my, my week had been quite a year. Well, I got to have eye surgery. And so when you start having eye surgery, one of the things you think about is, well, when I wake up, what if I don't see again? <laughs> you know, and so I was thinking about stuff. I was I was looking out my window at the mountains, and I was, uh, before I rolled in, I, I just took a, a, a second glance, not a glance, a gaze at my wife. And just all the things that you're accustomed to, and you think, what if this is the last time that I get to look at them? That's quite a thought. And yet, here's a guy named Bartimaeus who is blind, and he sits along the street corner begging for alms. That's how he made his living. And so that's the guy I want to talk to you about this morning because he asked for the impossible. But yet what I want you to see this morning is that there are some things that take place with Barnabas, that if we're going to ask for the impossible and believe for them and see the impossible, these things need to be in our lives. So I want you to write down three things this morning. These are not three points, okay? That's why I don't have slides. You're going to be able to remember these, I promise. But I want you to write them down in your notes. The first thing I want you to write down is this. What child is this? <laughs> What child is this? Because I promise you, Barnabas knew the answer to that question. And it's the foundation for everything that takes place after that. You see, with Barnabas, it's not blind faith. 
It's about knowing the God of the impossible. That's what it's about. So look at Mark chapter 10, verse 46, and let's read together. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Look at this, verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and said to him, be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. What I want you to see is this. When Barnabas heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he knew who Jesus was. This is the first time in the New Testament that the phrase Son of David had been used. It's, it's a messianic promise uh, phrase. It's from uh, the, the Davidic covenant. I won't have you to turn there, but let me just read it to you. If you want to put it in your notes, it's from 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 13. God makes this promise to David. He says, when your days are finished and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you who will come from you, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. That's the Davidic promise, that God was going to seat one of David's descendants upon the throne, and his kingdom would last forever. Now, we know that the promise couldn't be about Solomon, David's son, because Solomon died. His kingdom didn't last forever. The only kingdom that's everlasting is the kingdom of Messiah. And so Bartimaeus realized this. He knew this. He had, he had received some teaching somewhere. He grew up in this stuff. And so Bartimaeus cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. That's insight. That's faith. Hallelujah. We got somebody out there. <laughs> Amen. Hey, if that's the Lord, tell him I'm trying my best, okay? <laughs> I, always, I always had that prepared. I thought, boy, if I forget to turn my phone off in church and it ever rings, I'm just going to pick it up and say, okay, Lord, I'll tell him. Hey, he says you're doing a good job preaching up there. <laughs> so Bartimaeus absolutely knew who Jesus was. But here's something else I want you to see. In verse 48, it says, Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. The minute you start speaking faith, you can bet that those around you are going to say, Hey, just tone it down, man. Just tone it down a little bit. They'll always question. They'll always try to stifle the faith. There will always be those people in the crowd. But what did Barnabas do? He cried out all the more. 
Son of David, have mercy on me. And that's the way that we need to approach this. Not with blind faith, but when we ask for the impossible, it's with knowing the God of the impossible. Okay. In our readings this morning, let me just chase this rabbit. Out of uh, Isaiah, it talked about what what would happen on the day of Messiah. Bartimaeus also was familiar with that. I think about when John sent his disciples to find out who Jesus was. Jesus' response was, go tell John what you see. That the blind see, the lame walk, the captive are set free, the brokenhearted are healed. Go tell John what you see. Well, blind Bartimaeus had some insight. Maybe not sight, but he had insight. And he knew that Jesus of Nazareth, I know who that child is. Son of David, have mercy on me. Well, it doesn't stop there. The second thing I want you to write down this morning, you ready? Word for word, you got to remember it. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Can I just paraphrase it? Say, Joy to the world. The Lord of the impossible has come. Look at verse 49. So he's walking through the crowd. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. That's a good word for joy Sunday, huh? Cheer up. On your feet. He's calling you. And throwing his coat aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Bartimaeus is abandoned in his commitment to his faith. Completely abandonment. He's, he's tired. He's tried to get by with his, with his own abilities, with what he could do. And he's ready for the supernatural. He's ready for the impossible. And so he cries out for the intervention of God. You see, when he throws off his coat, think about this. He'd been sitting there collecting alms. You know, and as he, you know, he got his few, few pennies and nickels and dimes and whatever, and he put them in the pocket. And when he throws off his coat, he's throwing off all of his resources. He's throwing off uh, uh, the very thing that keeps him warm, the thing that provides clothing for him and covering. He throws it all aside. You see, there's something interesting about a coat. It'll do wonderful things for you. It'll keep you warm, but... Sometimes you just feel bound up with it. And there's something about, you know, when you finally get home and you, you take your jacket off, and ah, it just feels like, yeah, 
like a, a load's been taken off. So Barnabas says he throws off his coat. So he didn't just drop off as he stood up. He says he throws off his coat and stands up, gets to his feet, and goes to Jesus. Interesting. Because there's things that we're facing in our lives. Every one of us, you have, you have situations that you've, you've, tried to, you've tried to deal with it with your own resources, with your own abilities, your own talents, all the things that you could muster up. And you realize that this is beyond me. This seems impossible. It's time for the intervention of the God of the impossible. For joy to the world, the Lord has come. And he's here to do the impossible. You see, I don't know what it is. It's, whether it's your things in your health, you know, little eye surgeries. <laughs> this week we took uh, Karen's mom to the hospital. She had a stroke. All kinds of interesting things happen. They're outside of our control. You know what? She's home. Her speech is great. She's doing well. Because we dared ask for the impossible. You see, that's what the Christmas story is about. And Advent's the season of preparing for the impossible. And I believe God's asking this to, during this Advent, what are, what are the things that he's wanting us to throw off? What are the things that have us bound up and we want to be loose from? What are the things that we've been counting on in our own resources? And he's saying, hey, I've got more than that for you. You've been trying. You, you, you can't do it. I've got the answer. How about supernatural? I love it. Well, we'll come back to that. Okay, so we've, we've seen the question, what child is this? We've heard the proclamation that, that joy to the world, the Lord of the impossible has come. And the third thing I want you to write down is this. Do you see what I see? <laughs> Do you see what I see? Living in the land of the impossible requires that you first believe for the impossible. See, if you never ask for the impossible, then you'll never see the impossible. What do you want for Christmas? Why not ask for the impossible? Well, let's look at what Barnabas did or, and Jesus. Verse 51. Jesus asked him that question. What do you want for Christmas? Well, not exactly like that. But he asked it this way. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. <laughs> Jesus said to him, Go, 
your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Boy, there's so much there. Immediately he received his sight. I got to tell you, Barnabas had plenty of insight. And so what was what he was receiving and what he was experiencing was more than just his physical sight. It was that. But it was so much so that he follows Jesus. That's the insight. Go, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. Now, this is not a faith that like, okay, I'm going to pump myself up. I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it'll happen. Come on, come on, come on. You can believe this. No, 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 no. What's the faith? What child is this? The faith was who Jesus is. It was in the person of Jesus. It wasn't faith in faith. It was faith in God. It was in the person of Jesus. He knew, son of David, this is the Messiah. The Messiah is here. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. And followed Jesus. That's living in the land of the impossible. Following Jesus. This chapter is an interesting chapter, and I would love to just spend an hour unpacking it for you, but we're not going to do that, so don't worry. But I'm just going to, right before this, this passage, in verse 43, and I'm not going to take time to read it, but it's the story of James and John, the mighty sons of thunder, coming, and they asked Jesus for something, and Jesus asked them the very same question. What do you want me to do for you? They said, oh, when you come into your kingdom, can one of us sit on your right and the other on your left? And Jesus says, you guys don't get it. That's the way it works in the world system. They seek honor and power and that kind of stuff. That's the way the world system works. But my kingdom, it doesn't work like that. To be great, you've got to be the servant of all. He says, even the Son of Man came to serve and lay down his life for everyone. See, that's kingdom living. That's living in the land of the impossible. Now, right before that, in this very same chapter, is a story of a man that's asking for eternal life. We call him the rich young man. And it says that as Jesus started on, a way, on his way, a man came and fell before him saying, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Remember that story? This is in the same chapter. This is all really the foundation and the precursor to the story of Bartimaeus. And Jesus tells me, he says, I love it. It says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. It says, one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. 
There it is again. Then come follow me. That's living in the land of the impossible. And at that, the man's face fell. He went away. And he was sad because he had great wealth. You see, the few alms that Bonermaeus had, they were great wealth because that's all he had. It was everything he had. You know, you can, uh, the scripture says that the love of money is the root of all evil. You can love money whether you've got some or whether you don't. You know, people that have it and love it so much they try to keep it all and hoard it. People that don't have it spend all their time trying to get it. They put all their resources into that. So Bartimaeus, who sits there and his only source of income is to sit there and beg. He throws it all off. He gets loose. He gets free from it. Now he's going to trust the provider, the one who has the real provisions, for real resources, for what he really needs. And he throws it all off. Following Jesus. So this morning, here's what I want to ask you. What do you want for Christmas? Ask for the impossible. Cheer up. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Cheer up. Get up. Jesus is calling. You guys are going to get a lump of coal. Wake up here, y'all. You hear what I'm telling you? Cheer up. Get up. Come on, get on your feet right now. I'm talking to you. That's it. Cheer up. Get up. You know why? Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. What do you need? What do you want from him? What's the impossible thing that you're believing for? Tell him right now about it. Tell them about it. Whether it's you're believing something for your children, you're believing for your finances, you're believing for your marriage. What is it that you're believing for? Your health. What is it? Tell them about it. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in the mighty and strong name of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know that you are the God of the impossible. You are the God who can meet the needs in our life. Beyond our resources, beyond our abilities. Lord, we come to you this morning and we hear your word for us to cheer up. Cheer up. And we get up, Lord, and we shake off all the things that, that have bound us. We choose this ad, during this Advent season to throw off those things that, that you don't want us to have, Lord. The things that you have much more for us. Lord, we choose to take those things. And we are grateful that you call to us. You're calling us this morning. And you have an answer for us. And you say to us, your faith has made you whole. Amen. 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 You may be seated. God speak.
Oh, one last thing. Cheer up! <laughs> it's the joy Sunday. Oh, man. <laughs> you just did that because joy Sunday. <laughs> we'll continue uh, with the uh, Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us man and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father. <coughs> Together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken to the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead. In life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. That your, your name, name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That, that they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world, that there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake, that our works might find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble, that they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternal rest, that light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. All this we ask in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and share peace with your neighbor. So, uh, see, what announcement we have? We have Christmas. Christmas. We're having Christmas this year. Amen. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be a good one, too. Yep. I'm overjoyed. Amen. You know, the wonderful thing about these, don't forget you're supposed to accumulate them. So joy, you're supposed to keep it, not leave it. But 
keep it all away through the season. And you know, one of the greatest revelations we ever got in this church, uh, the fanatic gave it to us, Bishop Adler, and that was the 12 days of Christmas. And boy, Amen. I tell That's you, right. I have so much enjoyed the persecution I take. And I'm sure you guys do too, right? <laughs> They're all doing 12 days at least. They, but they start at Thanksgiving and go from there to Christmas Day. Right, right. So, anyway, I'm having fun. That's my Amen. story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> uh, Christmas Eve service, it's going to be better than ever. Uh, we have redone it one more time, and so it'll be different, but the same. Amen. That's right. But special. Special. Very, very special. So, anyway, it's a great, great uh, place to come on Christmas Eve. Uh, 10 o'clock Christmas Eve, you want to be here. The carols and the lessons, uh, it is a great way to... uh, Get ready for Santa. (laughs) Now, one of the most important uh, meetings we have all Mm -hmm. year is Wednesday night. Wednesday night, yep. Now, we normally do this the uh, night before Thanksgiving, and it's our annual men's meeting, and we we talk business. And we give a state of the state, or in this case, a state of the church, because we don't want to give... Newsome anything. That'll be an illegal meeting. Uh, <clears throat> constitutionally authorized. That's right. <laughs> so um, you men come and uh, we come together and we pray for the things we need. And uh, Amen. It's a wonderful night. I'm looking forward to that. You want to be there. And also, uh, one last thing, Saturday, next Saturday, between 8 and noon, uh, our church every year participates in, uh, I think it's Viking food services. They're going to be dropping uh, food baskets off that morning at between 8 and 9, and then also the toys. It's not Toys for Tots. It is Spark of Love. So we'll have uh, between 8 and noon on Saturday, if you could be there to help with the food distribution and the toy distribution it will it will give you joy this christmas amen as we prepare to receive the body and blood of christ in the eucharist let us respond to god's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to god our tithes and offerings out of that which god has given to us together through christ let us continually offer to god the sacrifice of praise That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name, but do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
Listen, if you've been struggling and you just don't know what to give for Christmas to year to others, something that they would uh, revere their whole life and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy, 
I would recommend Dr. Victor's book on Revelation. You, you still have copies of that available, right? It's on Amazon or something. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's one of the most extensive and well done uh, books on the book of Revelation that, uh, that I've ever read. And it, I made it a part of our seminary program in the uh, CEC. Anyway, you can get a hold of that book and it would be a, a real blessing to you. <clears throat> the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's right to give Him thanks and praise. That's right. Father, all powerful and ever living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord, because you sent your beloved Son to redeem us from sin and death. To make us heirs in him of everlasting life, that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his coming. So with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and we join with them. Holy, holy, holy Lord. God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you're holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, a death he freely accepted. He took bread and he gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Later, when supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave it to them, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Maybe you drink it. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died, but Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread and this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Remember your church, Lord, throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of our clergy. And, Lord, especially remember all those the least, the lost, and the lonely, those who are sick and firm in spirit, soul, or body, we hold up this day. <clears throat> Olivia, Connie, and Susan, and Carl, and Serena, and Naomi, Rachel, Nadia, Kyle, Sonja, Sandra, Maria, Karen, David, and Darcy, Tammy, and Thomas, and Kyla, and Dan, 
Bishop Davidson and Jason, the Landons, Gage, the Oakey family, Pamela, Barbara, Jonathan, Michael, and Ari, the Marines and sailors at Camp Pendleton, Jar hearts to remember the poor and the broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints who have gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty God and Father, now and forever, Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and we have courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them to remembrance that Christ died for you. Feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who were called to the supper of the Lamb. The body and blood of Christ. All right. We're ready to go.
Amen. Well, we're coming right down to the uh, final time of Advent, and the Christmas season will come rolling in, and we'll certainly enjoy that a great deal. But don't squander the time you have left in Advent, but press in. Really, really press in. And uh, it'll make, I guarantee, it'll make the Christmas such a beautiful thing for you. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. And do thou, our prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world, seeking ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. He loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad. Best of all, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain you always. Amen.